welcome back aboard the Space Show Show, a space show uh, where I, a baby novice, <laughs> watch old Star Trek episodes. I forgot how the intro to this goes. Uh, I'm Ensign Rebecca Frost, joined by Admiral Carrie Jackson. Hi there. How is uh, it going? You, just fine. You watch old space shows that uh, yes. you haven't watched before because mm -hmm. after the original series of Star Trek, who knows which show you're going to pick next. Right. I was and thinking about that and I was wondering, like, do I just continue on with like next gen and just keep it within Star Trek? You know, as badly as I want you to see Deep Space Nine because it's the best. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm I will. I'd like you to continue Star Trek, but at the same time, I'd like you to check out the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, oh. there's Battlestar Galactica, um, The there's Expanse. So there's so many space shows. So many. That I am to watch. Well, we, we're only partway into... We, have we started season two yet? No, not yet. No, we're still we in haven't. season one. I didn't think so. Okay, well, this, we got time to think about it. Yeah, this. this episode, we're going to be talking about episodes 16 through 20, which include The Galileo 7, The Squire of Gothos, Arena, Tomorrow is Yesterday, and Court Martial. Um, so we got a run of like three, maybe four really good episodes here. Yeah. I, I'm i <laughs> hitting that point with this show. I'm over the fact that it's old, right? Um, yeah. But what I do is I sit on my couch and I am transported to a time when I would watch like Mr. Bean and Red Dwarf on PBS. <laughs> and it was such a comforting time that now I watch these original series episodes and I'm like... Yes, Star Trek is comfort show, and Star Trek will always be comfort show. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, there are times when, uh, now this is not a knock against the show. I'd say the same thing about Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is my mm -hmm. favorite, absolute favorite. There are such comfort shows I can put them on and go right to sleep. Yeah. Mostly because I have them memorized. But <laughs> That's me with American Dad. <laughs> yes. Um. Which is always so funny, unrelated, just always so funny to run into fellow American dadites in the wild, because there's a, there's a couple of us who are just obsessed. There's only a few of us, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, let's dive right on in to this episode, uh, the Galileo 7, which, <sighs> I here's the thing I'm learning about Star Trek, especially after today's Strange New Worlds episode, is episodes are timeless and will be timeless forever, it seems, mm -hmm. because the Galileo under Spock's command crash lands on a hostile planet as the Enterprise races against time to find the shuttlecraft. Spock's strictly logical leadership clashes with the fear and resentment of his crew. Now, right before we started recording, Carrie and I were talking about this: the Titan submersible. Which mm -hmm. the Coast Guard has just confirmed imploded. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we knew that before we recorded because, dang, what a timely, <laughs> timely <laughs> scenario. Now, this episode, as bad as the creature costumes are. Yeah. Oh, it's just a Bigfoot suit. Yeah. As bad as the giant spears and everything are. This episode is one of my favorites. Uh, as you can see, I have you this. You have is, the I, shuttle. I built this when I was a kid. This is the model Whoa. ship of the Galileo 7. This is how much of a fan of this episode and Star Trek I am. When I bought my Mini, my countryman, uh, the guy who sold it to me, Juan, knew I was a big Star Trek fan. And uh -huh. he says, you know, we can customize these things to look like anything. I, he says, I threw together a couple of things. Uh, you know, we could put a Captain America shield on the top. We could do all kinds of things. And I said, well, I want something a little bit more subdued. 
Yeah. And I, I brought him this. I brought oh him the God. model. Uh. And I said, you see these uh, stripes on the side? Let's put that along the bottom of the car. And then let's put the Galileo logo that you can see there on the hood of the car. Does it have and, the Galileo on it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've only seen and, the back of the car. And uh, I said, let's let's make the uh, rear view, uh, the, you know, the, the, the windows on the side. Let's put make them silver on the front. And uh, let's, you know, let's let's do what we can. Let's put NCC 1701-7 on the back. Just, you know, not overboard. Let's just go really sh- uh, subtle. So the next time you see me out on the road and you see me in my car, you know that that is me. And that is the Galileo 7. That's incredible because I knew your mini, like I knew it had the, the NCC whatever, whatever numbers on it. And I just thought, yeah. oh, he's just got a white mini with the Star Trek numbers on it. Look look along the bottom. You'll see that red stripe with the yellow uh, Starfleet symbol on it. How On the amazing. bottom of the car. And then the Galileo on the hood. I had no idea. I've only seen the back of your car. That's so cool. I'm jealous. We'll, we'll go for lunch sometime <laughs> and I'll drive. <laughs> I have a friend who has a white minivan and same thing. He's got the NCC thing on the side of it, but like nothing, ah. nothing else fancy. Um this is the first episode to feature Spock as the main character. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode has a lot of really good Spock and McCoy interaction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, and mm, something I'm learning about McCoy, first of all, I'm supposed to believe this man is 39 years old. <laughs> He's got some road that's, years on him. <laughs> that's a lot of mileage. A lot of mileage. On, uh, on. If, if you'd have lived McCoy mileage... We'd we'd be dead right now, but I think McCoy also has a death wish, and we'll talk about it later um, when we get to Space Seed. But oh, okay. McCoy seems to be like he seems to welcome death with open arms and wishes it would come to him soon. Well, his liver hurts. <laughs> his liver hurts. <laughs> no, no, his liver doesn't hurt. All that's wrong with him, and we'll talk about this later. Is he's missing his tonsils and he broke two ribs once. <laughs> That's right. I the weird stuff I choose to remember. Um, I also really, really, I didn't do a search for this because, again, a thousand pages per episode of information. Mm-hmm. But I really want to see the effects before they were remastered because oh, this. I've, I've I've got them all on DVD here for you. If I have a DVD player, I'll have to borrow them. <laughs> but. There's just so many effects in this episode in particular that I'm like, wow, I really wish I could see this well, as it was. Yeah, I was going to say, see, the, the the new special effects that you're seeing, you're watching on Paramount Plus, the, it's it's just amazing what they've done. Uh, mm-hmm. They just make the show look great. It didn't look that great. <laughs> it I believe was, it. It was bad. I'll say it. It was bad. All I right. want the bad. I want to okay. see the bad I- effects. I'll loan these to you then. Yes. I'll find a DVD right. player. Uh, they also mentioned New Paris in this episode, which is suffering from a plague in mm-hmm. whatever year this is. And as part of the issue with the Galileo being stuck on this planet, um, they as they're trying to determine the best way to get off this planet and back into orbit... Um, they need to lose like 500 pounds. And Spock is like, yeah, that's the equivalent of three people. And, ah. <laughs> and one of them, I wish I could remember who it is, maybe Ferris. Because Ferris is like, ah! And who could blame him? But he's like, so three of us have to stay? And Spock is like, yeah. 
And I'm just like, yeah, Spock? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and there's a there one of my favorite moments from this episode is when they're about to do the thing. They're about to after sticks are being thrown at them from off screen, by the way. What a yes. what a amazing cost saving measure. Oh yes. We just have a <laughs> have a guy. Ugh, there you go. And then, a giant threw that. Yes. Because you see, like the back of the giant, maybe once, and then <laughs> as they're working on the ship, the sticks are just coming from behind rocks, and then there's a break where you can mm-hmm. tell somebody had to like scurry and get the sticks back, and then stand back up and then throw the sticks again. Props only made two. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, but. There's a moment right before they're about to do the thing where McCoy, again, waiting for the sweet release of death, tells mm-hmm. Spock, like, hey, you ready to die? Or I can't remember the exact line, but he is specifically like, you ready to send us sentence us to death? Which is what I kind of hope happened on um, the Titan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the line, but it's something along the lines of, well, it's uh, the end of your first command, Spock, and we're all going to die or something mm-hmm. like that. I tried to look up the quote, but uh, I was, I'm was i looking on IMD. I'm not, there's the website I like to use, Memory Alpha, which is just like a fan wiki. Oh, yeah. It, too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. And IMDb, <sighs> not enough. I, and IMDb, not enough. That is exactly <laughs> it. You got to go to a fan site, and I'm hesitant to do that because of all the viruses, so I don't. Oh, who's worried about that in this year of our Lord 2023? <laughs> I, I didn't renew my virus protection. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, this, this <laughs> ep- when they find, when um, the ship Enterprise finds out that they are okay, Kirk has this look on his face. William Shatner, again, what mm-hmm. an actor. I love him. He has this look on his face of like, Oh, holy shit. I'm so glad they're okay. But also keep it cool. <laughs> don't let them know that you were freaked out about this at all. I don't need that uh, Admiral guy to know that I'm in love. <laughs> yeah. uh, he doesn't need to know that, that my boyfriend is safe. And then they get back onto the ship. And as the credits roll, they do this thing. There's so much fake laughter. That's I don't know why they chose to end the episode this way. But <laughs> <laughs> literally, like it is so much just like forced fake laughter as they go off into their next adventure. Uh, well, that's Shatner. That's uh, Shatner. But what, what's great about this episode is that Spock, his gut tells him to do everything logically. Make all the logical decisions. And if that means leaving three people behind, then so be it. Yeah. Um, you know, but and and he was he said that he would probably be one of the three. Um, but uh, he he follows his gut and logic the whole time. They're trying to get out of orbit. They just can't quite make it. Well, they, they do get out of orbit and have just enough fuel for I think it was one orbit, he said. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just out of nowhere reaches down, presses the button to release the fuel and ignite it. And it was just it, it, going against everything that Spock stands for as far as logic goes. So mm-hmm. that was his human half yeah. kicking in and going, last resort, and do it. And everybody went, well, that was a good idea. It's too bad it won't work. You know, and that's, <laughs> what, that's what Kirk sees is this you know, streak of, of, of uh, ignited fuel. Even though the fuel was phasers, which which I thought was kind of fun. That was kind of clever. It was it was well, it was a nice storytelling gimmick because the phasers mm-hmm. are the only thing protecting them. But what happens if you have to drain your phaser? 
you know, uh, you have I didn't to train. Know, I didn't know there were know. there was a limit on how much phaser you could use. Uh, yeah, I always thought that they were, you know, <laughs> they'd last forever. I always thought it's that Family Guy quote don't. from Blue Harvest of "What are we paying by the laser?" <laughs> and then at the end, right before all the fake laughter is when they're all bullying Spock about this particular choice because Kirk says, um, so you admit that was an act purely out of desperation, which is a very human emotion. And Spock mm -hmm. goes, yeah, I guess I did. And Kirk says, you're not going to admit for the first time in your life you committed a purely human emotional act. And Spock is like, nope. And Kirk nope. says, you're stubborn. And Spock goes, yep. And then they kiss. <laughs> and then they all <laughs> have a very happy, happy fake laughter ending. Uh, this, is, this is an episode that uh, I recommend to people hesitantly because of the creatures and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but but if you look at just the, the storytelling, it's great because the bickering, uh, everybody turning against Spock, um, you know, his it is his first command. He's never desired command. It's just something that was kind of thrust upon him. But, you know, we're human, so we think that he must be the same and want mm -hmm. his command. And, you know, there's just so much going on, uh, character dynamics there. And we learn a little bit more about Spock in this. But like you said, we learn more about McCoy, I think. Yeah. Well, and this is a good episode to recommend, too, if you have people who are like, well, I don't know about William Shatner, because he's barely there, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he shows up to be yelled at by the guy who says, you've got 48 hours, Kirk, to get it, because we got to get to New Paris. And Oh, yeah, this guy, this guy. I was like, what? <sighs> He is Quite an so. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, that burlap sack. <laughs> and Kirk's like, the, the my dedic I'm dedicated to my ship, and this guy's like, I'm dedicated to my mission. So figure it out. And luckily, yeah. that's what I also love about Star Trek is there's going to be a happy ending. I think at the end of most episodes, <laughs> which well. is watching Strange New Worlds today. I was like, I know this is going to have a happy ending, but oh my God, I'm so stressed. <laughs> I got to watch it today. Oh, you're going to cry, 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 cry. Oh, good. Uh, this next episode, The Squire of Gothos. <sighs> you didn't like this one? <laughs> no, oh. I barely have any notes. No, Trelane is like one of the uh, original series. Let me show you how beloved Trelane is. Please tell I me mean, you have a figure. I have an action figure. Oh, my God. I have two, actually. I, I need <laughs> to dig out Two figures? The... See, here's this one. Uh, you see he's got his painting there next yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've also got a nine-inch uh, Barbie-like uh, Squire of Gothos, which I call my Liberace doll. But... Uh, uh, but no, Trelane is is one of the you know well remembered and 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 beloved characters in the original series. Because, really, because he is technically the first Q that we meet. Oh, that comes later. I do later like Q in like books and stuff. But uh, Trelane hmm. was like one of the one of the first Q that we ever meet. Interesting. This and 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 the actor is just he's so over the top. You know, he's clearly a stage actor. The uh, <laughs> the the one bit of trivia I have for this episode, because some of these episodes I've got to like really dig through to find something interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so William Campbell, the man who played for the Shirlane, uh said that the role was a really was really written for Roddy McDowell. Ooh, I can see that. Ooh. The, the reason why it was eventually decided not to use him was that it was feared that the mannerisms of the character combined with McDowell's look would make the character appear gay. 
Campbell was chosen because his supposedly huskier look and build would offset the foppish mannerisms of the character. Well, sorry, you... <laughs> Mission not accomplished. Yeah, so the result is, uh, let's see. Uh, however, he's not noticeably huskier than McDowell. In fact, Campbell's higher-pitched voice and greater penchant for theatricality are more likely to appear gay than McDowell's. The result is yes. that Trelane's over-the-top manner is, possibly deliberately, somewhat camp. <laughs> I love using camp as a description for anything. Very much. I would call that performance very much camp yeah this uh i have in order to remind me what the episodes are about i always have oh this one's the blank episode so like the galileo 7 is the the timely titan episode uh the squire of gothos i have is the murder mystery escape room episode because definitely escape room they they get locked in and i'm like are they in an escape room i love escape rooms let's do this i could get us out of there in no time <laughs> it's uh no Trelane is, is is and William Campbell uh the actor he'll be back as another character. Oh, will down he? Down the road. Oh, he's he I'll just spoil it for you. He's yeah. a, he he shows up as a Klingon later. Oh. And he's he's a he's he's a good Klingon and and then he takes that character and plays that same character on Deep Space 9 later. Oh. Three of the classic series Klingons that you're going to meet, Kang, Kodos and uh Koloth. Those are not All the, star, the Simpsons aliens. <laughs> That's where the Simpsons took their names from. <laughs> okay. uh, but they three, the three will show up on a glorious Deep Space Nine episode because, you know, uh, uh, Jadzia's former host used to hang out with Klingons and their old mm. friends, Curzon, Curzon. And, uh, you know, so the first time, you know, he says, Curzon, my old friend, and gives, gives Dax a big hug. And she goes, I'm Jadzia now. And he goes, Jadzia, my new old friend. And it's just, it's what just such a, a beautiful, I know, it's just such a beautiful <laughs> moment. Even if a Klingon can handle it, certainly some of you rednecks can handle it. Anyway. Ah, ah, um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, so Trelane space kidnaps, I don't know how they do it. What's so funny oh. is this is not the first time Kirk has mysteriously vanished off the bridge. And oh, yeah. he vanishes and Uhura lets out this scream of like, I have never seen this before! Bless you, Nichelle Nichols. God bless her. <laughs> but there's a moment where this the scouting crew, I guess, goes down and Kirk and Sulu are frozen like statues and visibly moving and blinking. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> There's also a moment in this episode where they're uh, around the table. I, oh, I think it's this episode. Yes, it is. Um, but the camera is like visibly shaking, like somebody bumped into oh, yeah. it or something. There, there's a zoom shot and they, they, they bump into something and it just kind of... Yeah, and the they, camera they, is like shaking. But they use the take. They use it anyway. Uh, I One of my notes is... Uh, Starfleet is the best of the best, but this guy gets caught in the mirror trying to sneak up on Trelane to to stun him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll sneak up. I'll destroy his mirror. I think that's the source I'll be of his sneaky. power. Uh, Starfleet, yeah. the best of the best, visibly sneaking up and, with and, no. <laughs> yeah, and Trelane sees him right away and goes bah and and makes him freeze and takes yeah. his gun. Oh, what a fabulous! And weapon. he does it. Twice. This guy, I think this guy likes being froze. I think he's asking for it. It's a fun sensation. Another 
uh, theme that I have decided is one of the core themes of the show is women because uh, Trelane sees <laughs> women and is like, what oh, is this? The fairer sex, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, Nubian oh. queen. Yes, my Nubian <gasps> queen. Oh, yeah. Clearly, and, and as they point out in the show, he clearly has been watching the planet you know that, the explanation being mm -hmm. that the, the the tapes or whatever it is that he's watching you know the visuals that he's seeing take a long time to travel through space he, and so he's, he's been not seeing observing anything. earth um but from his position from where earth is is 900 light years away and so yeah. he's seeing earth as it was 900 years ago which i thought was a very clever explanation for the whole thing mm -hmm. but ugh, gross <laughs> Uh, and he gets to change costumes. He gets to wear judges' robes. Thank you. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he loses his temper, and then we find out at the end that he's actually a, a child. child. Uh, I know you hate children. I was going to say uh, I don't know if it's because I just don't like kids, or if the like this twist of the episode. Ah. He was the, just uh, acting so child. He, he he was. I mean, that's what he is. He's a child, and, well, and his, at the end, he did, I would have. I would. Yeah, and he's like gas parents or dimensional being parents. Well, they might be cues. They might be something. But uh, the voice of the of the dad parent is James Doohan. and he. That's Scotty. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. James Doohan could do all kinds of voices and accents and all of that stuff. Oh. Uh, that was his deep voice announcer. He does it a couple of times throughout the series. You'll hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spock has a line in this episode that I super love um, where Trelane is like, what's your deal? Why don't you like me? And Spock says, I object to you. I object to I object to intellect without discipline. I object to power without constructive purpose. What a line. Amen. So to today's good. GOP right away. Again, everything is yeah. so timely. And mm -hmm. to close out this episode, <laughs> um, when Kirk is talking about flirting and, and he tells <laughs> Spock uh, about like pranks and how one of the pranks in the future is dipping hair in inkwells. Oh, yeah, that was brought up. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the little girl's hair and inkwell. The future uh, stops at 1960. <laughs> Again, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just incredible stuff. Now, let's move on to probably one of the cornerstone episodes, Arena. Oh. For bringing hostility into their solar system, a superior alien race brings Captain Kirk into mortal combat against the reptilian captain of an alien ship he was pursuing. Now, for the YouTube, again, this is what we had originally for the His dorm. slutty little outfit. <laughs> it is a uh, hot, hot, you know, nightclub Studio His 54 jumper. outfit. It's giving me real big, um, you know, Kurt Russell in Overboard, where he does that thing with his mm -hmm. tank top? Now, this is, a, this is a recreation. This isn't an original Mego figure because they, they sculpt the head to look like the Gorn mask. It, it was originally just the lizard figure from the Spider-Man collection. That's what oh, this was. Really? And they didn't even have a TV show accurate outfit on him. They had a completely different one. But uh, So this was a bad figure for the time. This one, however, we got a little bit later, and it's a Whoa. much better, much better Gorn figure. God, I just love the outfit. 
That's all I'm. That's all I can focus on. And the Gorn doesn't even show up for like halfway through the episode. The notes. The notes I have for this episode are: Oh no, actual battle, and Oh no, actual battle, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we haven't. I don't think we've really seen battle. Well, at the beginning of this episode, it's like in the first 10, 15 minutes where they beam down to the... Uh, Kestis the, 3. Kestis 3, and it's been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find out they've been tricked. Uh, they go down to Kestis 3, and it's been destroyed. And you, you hear these... Oh, my God, that was so aggravating well, <laughs> for like 20 minutes. The whistles are, are aggravating. But one of those explosions, you see Shatner get real close to it. Mm-hmm. He insisted on doing his own stunts. That's um, one of my notes is, wow, Kirk's doing a lot of stunts in this episode. He's that arrogant that he insisted on doing his own stunts. But that explosion is what he blames for his tinnitus. That's the piece of trivia I have is yes. Shatner currently suffers from tinnitus due to an improperly timed special effects explosion. Both Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly reportedly suffered from tinnitus as well during the remainder of their lives. Yeah, they both, because uh, all three of them are in that scene and there's that going mm-hmm. off. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. They beam down and Kirk's like, yeah, Kestis 3 has been uh, destroyed and hangs up like, meh, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> This is uh this is a uh, an important cornerstone for little Carrie uh, this oh. this episode and it's and it's called back uh, again this is once once we finish this I'm gonna loan you another movie called mm. Free Enterprise which is basically the story of my uh, young life um, it's like the filmmakers followed me around and split my personality into two characters two Carries. There was Horn Dog Carrie, and then there was Geek Carrie. Um, Never the two shall mix. Exactly, and these two <laughs> characters, you know. But there's a there's a part where the kid, and this happened to me, he's wearing his Starfleet uniform to school, oh, which no. I did. Oh no! Are you okay? Did <laughs> you get bullied? You get beat up for it, oh, and it no. happens in this movie. The kid's getting the 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 crap kicked out of him by this bully, and he gets knocked out. In his dream sequence. William Shatner appears, and and this is uh, I, I I need your help. I, I this is no 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 my boy. Uh, you you should you should wear something different. Think think Earth tones. That you, that that shirt looks terrible on you. He goes, I'm in the middle of a fight. I need your help. He says, No, oh, that was a TV show. I had stunt doubles and all of that stuff, except for my love scenes. I I did oh my, my own love scenes. He says, But but what about in arena when Kirk fought the Gorn? He goes, that was a TV show. <laughs> Why is this kid beating you up anyway? So you really don't want to know. He says, I do want to know. Tell me. He said that Han Solo is cooler than Captain Kirk. <laughs> and here's the one YouTube F that we get. Shatner looks at him and goes, kick the little fucker's ass. <laughs> <laughs> what year is this movie from? Oh, uh, 90s sometime. Okay. Okay. It's it was a small independent film. It uh, maybe we'll show it at Saturday matinee one of these times. But uh, it's it's one of my like I said, it's the story of young Carrie, complete with toy runs and drinking and all that. <laughs> I had lines in this movie. I'm watching this and I'm like, yes, my ex girlfriend said that to me. 
Interesting. A universal like, experience. Five times in that movie. Yeah, my girlfriend said that to me at the time. Oh, no. How can you remember the name of every episode of that effing TV show? But you can't remember my birthday. <laughs> Like well, that. maybe if your birthday was more interesting. Um, uh, so you were more interesting. <laughs> so this is the Gorn. Um, yes. Our first introduction to the Gorn, which is really funny because I know I've talked about it a lot, but my intro mm -hmm. to Star Trek has been Strange New Worlds. And Lon's whole deal is being rescued from a Gorn attack. And now I see <laughs> this where, where man in from. a lizard suit. And I'm like, oh, it, yeah. Okay. And, can, and and in the original one, I don't think that they used the computer to get rid of it. In the original bad effects, you can see the zipper on the back of this costume. Oh, God. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, really fun. This is a very funny episode as well because at one point, Kirk has his, like, um, personal log or whatever. And the Gorn, for whatever reason, is able to, like, hack into it and listen to him. That was all by design by the Metrons. Oh, these they, me they, these Metrons. Who, first of oh. all, I uh, their logic is sound, in my opinion. I can mm -hmm. understand what they're doing. They've trapped these two v apparently violent ships and are like, oh, no, 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 not in our space. You guys are going to go on this planet we've made for you with all of these resources native to your planet so you can build a mm -hmm. weapon. And Kirk builds gunpowder. Which I would have, I would have died immediately, honestly. <laughs> but at one point, Kirk, he's doing what I do in video games, which is just run away a lot. Uh, and the Gorn, <laughs> the Gorn, met, like talks to him through his communicator and is like, "Can you Captain stop? Kirk. I am so tired." <laughs> Captain Kirk, I tire of this chase. Like literally, just telling Kirk, "Can you stop? Because I'm getting tired." <laughs> If, if you stop running, I promise I'll make it painless. I'm oh. tired. It's hard to run in this costume. <laughs> it is a thousand degrees. Because this is the same guy who was in the White Rabbit outfit from oh, yeah, Shore yeah. Leave. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, and this, then... this, is, this is one of these, this is, again, this is in the top ten best episodes. It, 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 just about any list you'll find on the internet. Mm -hmm. this, one's, this one's a good one. And this, what, this, this, what this one did for me was that, yeah, I got beat up for wearing my Starfleet uniform to school all the time. But what this one taught me was is that I'm not going to beat them physically. I'm just outmatched, period. Mm -hmm. I got to be smarter than them. Okay, and that's I what I learned from this mentally. episode. Yeah. Yes. Got to be smarter than that. Got to have the recipe for gunpowder in your back pocket at all times. <laughs> well, and what I love is how the entire crew is up there like they're watching an episode of Star Trek. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and the Metrons are like, here, you got your guys losing. So we'll put it up yeah. on the screen for you and you can watch. It's yeah, just insane. Um, I don't even remember how this episode. Oh, this episode ends with Kirk, well, with Kirk showing mercy. Kirk shoots him with the cannon that he made using gunpowder and there's diamonds, diamonds. and bamboo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he shoots a diamond into the, you know, Gorn's head or body or somewhere. I don't know. We don't ever see blood. It just, it knocks him down. And then he gets, he gets the Gorn's, it's like a knife, but it was a rock, you know, a sharp rock. Yeah. And he thinks about, oh, do I do it on his neck? How do I, maybe in his eye? I don't know where to, and then he stops and he looks at it and he goes, No. No, I won't kill you. He throws the throws the knife away. 
Maybe you felt like you had to protect your people. I don't know. Which is funny because they're talk they're talking about that on the ship too, where they're yeah. like, "Hey, we we were probably in the wrong here." And Kirk, mm-hmm. I like that Kirk also pieces that together. And then he yells at the sky, "No, I won't kill him!" And that's when the Metron shows up, who's who's dressed like the Angel Moroni, late, late for a toga party. Or and he says, your, uh, your species shows promise. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll contact you in about a million years when you've evolved. <laughs> Dios mio. And that's okay. Um, All right. You listen to the podcast, The Pod Directive, right? Yes. So their very first episode, they had Ben Stiller on. And Ben mm-hmm. Stiller has the Gorn head in yep. his collection because he's just such a huge star trek fan i think that's so yeah. fascinating as a matter of fact uh the name of his production company red hour mm-hmm. is going to be referenced in an upcoming episode i have that in my notes yes you do but the next episode <laughs> tomorrow is yesterday uh the enterprise is thrown back in time to 1960s earth i gotta tell you i loved this episode you did oh, i good. did i loved it um <laughs> This is the one I call the stock footage episode, but <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> stock footage of a jet. Let's use it. Yeah, um, I love this episode because Spock knows better than to mess with time. Um, they are very much like kill the witnesses, you know. <laughs> they, we cannot be known. Um, they give him, so they they beam up their. I don't okay so they're trying to escape from like a black hole right and so they've like got yeah. all their warp the warp eight um this but is, yeah this this is the first time that they've time traveled this I is think. yeah I, yeah you are correct and they get slingshotted to earth in the 60s and this air force pilot sees them and they're like oh no and beam him aboard and um he's and when like they do that because of the track power of the tractor beam it destroys his plane oh yeah and they're like well okay whoopsies <laughs> and uh they're like oh sorry dog like we can't mm, sorry man um they give him a starfleet uniform and he looks just like everybody else i can't tell him apart Which was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> um and also why there's this weird not even a b plot where the computer is broken and keeps calling kirk dear and this guy is like are you telling me that computers in the future are horny and kirk's Uh like no 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 this is unusual i don't know what to tell you his explanation was is that we we just had maintenance done and it was done on a planet of nothing but women and the, the women programmed programmed the computer this way, uh, uh, calling him dear and all that. Dios mio. Um, <laughs> I, I just want that episode of Kirk on a Planet of Women, but that's another story. No, not allowed. No, no, that would no. not allowed. Um, when they're trying to decide what to do with this guy, John Christopher, you know, they're looking through the history books or whatever mm-hmm. and come up with no relevant contribution by John Christopher. What a burn. Can you imagine Ooh. here? People come to visit you from the future and they say, oh, you... Mm, no, no. When later later they determine that his son um, yeah. does the first like manned mission to Saturn or something. Yeah, and and it hell it's in very uh, informative in the creation of Starfleet or the space program yeah. at the time, uh, which leads to Starfleet. But uh, yeah, he. It's funny that they didn't run the whole timeline because any good Mormon would have done that. Uh, <laughs> not just. <laughs> It's your sons and your sons' sons and, and all of mm-hmm. that. 
Uh, that that was, a, but that was. It's a fun little episode because it 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 plays with for the time. Uh, UFOs were a big thing for the time, and yeah. that's that's kind of the plot of this show is that you know, oh, it's a UFO. I, I got a good look at it. You know, are you little spacemen? And then Spock shows up and goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it's, it's a fun little episode. And I, I, I love it when, yeah. when Kirk gets captured. Oh, my God. Uh, by these by these army, these Air Force generals mm-hmm. and they're questioning him. And he, <laughs> He's like, I'm not wow. lying to you. <laughs> I'm just telling you truths that you are not prepared to handle yet. Um a lot of a lot of karate chopping and wrestling moves in this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> and kirk uh is sassy and i like it when kirk is sassy i think i like <laughs> it when anybody is sassy but when kirk is sassy i quite enjoyed it but uh, they they managed to go back in time just fast enough that so right when the ship gets destroyed. They manage to not only beam him back onto the ship, but pull away just in time so that they don't destroy his airplane. And yeah. he has no memory of anything that's happened. The si- one, the the science at the end of this episode, I could not grasp. Um, their whole explanation for how they were going back to the future and also getting him back. I my little doy doy girl brain. I just kind of <laughs> turned it off and I was like, "Okay, it worked out, yay!" Well, I would I would say you watch it again because they do try to explain it there at the end uh, because uh, you know they're explaining it to him. You know, sure, and, but he's a man; he's, he can probably a, understand it. He's essentially a chimp from this time, so we need to explain <laughs> I, it to him. Could you imagine? Could Could you imagine? Okay, first of all, living in the year twenty two, whatever. And then getting stuck in 1960s Earth, how primitive, just rocks for tools, essentially. I, You know, when they said, uh, you know, we can't send you back, I would have been, fine, okay. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people who, if I was given the gift of immortality, I would take it in a heartbeat. And so if I was suddenly transported to, like, the Starship Enterprise with the option to go to the future, yeah, take me. I will go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Earth and everyone I love here, but uh, I'm not passing I, I know up I have this a opportunity. Wife and, I know I have a wife and kid, but uh, I'll go. Mm, nah. <laughs> um, this episode, Kirk says that the first moonshot was in the late 1960s. This was the first prediction of the correct decade of this accomplishment in a major science fiction work. Previous See? motion pictures and television series put the first lunar mission sometime in the 1970s at the earliest. So... USA! 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 <laughs> and then... The last episode of this episode that we're going to talk about, Court Martial. Kirk draws a court martial on the negligent death of a crewman. This episode, I also really enjoyed. Uh, I'm learning that I like the court martial episodes of Star Trek. You which, like the courtroom dramas, huh? Yeah, I didn't think I would. Which I can't wait for you to watch Strange New Worlds today because no, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's a courtroom episode, and they they got a lady lawyer, and she is so scary and intimidating <laughs> um so kirk accidentally gets a guy killed uh or does he this whole episode mm-hmm. is finding out you know should he be held responsible for this man's death um and you know he's on whatever star base it is and people are giving him the stink eye because they're like you killed my friend and he was like he was my crewman you think i feel good about this too it was and an that, accident oh it was, was an accident it? And this woman is also a blonde woman, of course, so obviously one of Kirk's old love's interests. Well, yes, but she's your first blonde woman with a job, right? 
I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess I didn't think about it that way. She's a lawyer. <laughs> She's a lawyer. And an old flame of Kirk's. And Kirk leaves the room, the mess hall, essentially. And um, this lady, she's like looking after him. And McCoy comes up and he's like, yeah, if you're wondering, that was Captain Kirk. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's an old friend of mine. And <laughs> McCoy says, uh, of course he is. <laughs> McCoy says, all my old friends look like doctors. All of his look like you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, Kirk appears pretty cavalier about this the whole time. I want—I don't know if that's just like arrogance. No, it's, it's because he—he was convinced that he didn't do the wrong thing. He didn't make the mistake. He—he in—in his mind, it was I waited for the proper time and then I hit the button and you know I—I mm-hmm. I did my thing right. Yeah. Yeah, and they—they uh, <laughs> they do this thing where they pull up the the footage of the the incident in question and mm-hmm. enhance which what a technology to have and it turns out kirk uh accident did push the other button that he wasn't supposed to and so i'm like oh shit did kirk kill this guy what are they gonna do and kirk hires the bob blah blah of the original series <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that that character is is great. He, you know, he's, apparently, he's, he couldn't like remember any of his lines, and so a lot of his takes or like a lot of his dialogue is spliced together from like different oh. takes. Well, what was interesting was that uh, at the end, you know, the courtroom drama, they always, uh, yeah, we're going to explain the crime and how it happened mm-hmm. and who did it really and all of that. You know, like any good Columbo episode. He's not there. No. <laughs> Your lawyer is not there. Your lawyer's not there, and he only relies on books, which is insane. <laughs> Again, like I said, he's the blah 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 of the original series. Well, I, if I if I read it correctly, the uh, the actor just decided he didn't want to finish or something like that, <laughs> and so they had to write around him, as I recall, uh... and that's why he's not there. And that's... and that's why he he doesn't show up again. It's oh like, my yeah, god! Yeah, this is very important for my client. I gotta go. I, I got, got a other... traffic ticket that we got. And <laughs> and this man came on the recommendation of the blonde lawyer lady. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like she, I think you set him up to, and so set him up to fail. Um, but then there's a moment where they're on the ship and they're doing something with heartbeats. I'm not gonna lie to you. I missed a lot of this part because my mother-in-law called and was asking me a thousand <laughs> questions about wasp traps. Okay. I'll, I'll walk you through it. <laughs> yeah. They beam everybody off the ship, except for the people on the bridge. They said, we can maintain orbit for just a little bit longer, but just long enough to get this figured out. Dr. McCoy has a device that looks an awful lot like a salt shaker. <laughs> and uh, and this device is plugged into the computer. You have and it? What, no, this is, this oh. is uh, McCoy's. Oh, okay. This is his, yeah. <laughs> his sensor thing. But uh, this device is plugged into the computer, and what it'll do is it'll read your heartbeat, your individual heartbeat, and then remove it from the sound. So they turn on the sound, and it's, and says, this is the heartbeat of everybody that's on this ship. Everyone else is left. It's just the people in this room. So he turns off the heartbeat, and the sounds start to go quieter and quieter, and and then there's like four heartbeats, and McCoy keeps going, you know, three heartbeats, two heartbeats. That's everybody on the bridge. Well, there's still a heartbeat. And so they go, oh, 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 
The killer is still on the ship. As a matter of fact, he's in engineering right now. And this man faked his death because he's petty? He's petty. (laughs) What a move. (laughs) He feels like that it's Kirk's fault that he never got, you know, a rank advancement or position Mm -hmm. advancement or anything. He blames Kirk for everything. Not very Uh, Starfleet of him. No, no. Well, we're humans, so... Too too full of emotions. But uh, anyway, so Kirk is cleared, and, and we never see his lawyer again, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only bit of trivia I have for this episode, um, this marks the only appearance of the female Starfleet dress uniform during the original series. Because <laughs> uh, the lady lawyer wears, you know, her... Oh, yeah, she... yeah. Which, again, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep talking about Strange New Worlds, but in... This court episode of this week's Strange New Worlds, like, I th- isn't I think this is the first courtroom episode of Strange New Worlds too. So it was yeah. fun to see yeah. everyone's outfits. <laughs> I can't wait to see them. Now. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me once again. Uh, tune in next time. We will be discussing episodes 21 through 25, and we continue going where no man has gone before, but a lot of people have gone before. Uh, okay, thanks. Live long and prosper. I uh, left hand. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>